Hello and welcome to another exciting trial from the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael and tonight we are going to do a trial of a translated game. It's a sort of a D&D-ish game. Uh, so this is a Scandinavian sort of version of D&D called Simbarum or Simborum. Um, uh, Simbarum is, is, is how I've heard of it. Yes. That's right. We're playing Simborum today. It's a translated version, as you said, Michael, of an existing D&D product. A successful Indiegogo funding campaign this year has brought it to the English language audience, and now it's available through DriveThruRPG, and uh, I believe it has a print-on-demand dimension, although uh, don't quote me on that, uh, or just record me, you know. But it's it's a, a D&D-like, a dark fantasy world where the characters are pitted against not only the, the wilds, but... Um, the, the very essence of magic itself, which is uh, in some ways uh, toxic or cursed or dark, and it's out to get you. Is that why our shadows are different colors? Shadows are just part of the, the ambient magic of the world. All living beings have a shadow, and their, their color reveals um, some artful but not mechanically interesting details about them. Uh, except the darkened spots reveal any sort of uh, taint you may have picked up, corruption from from uh, the use or interaction with magic items, basically. Or magical abilities, or the uh, the darker reaches of d- the Dovokar woods. But we're uh, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, yes, so we should introduce the players for tonight. And then our GM is actually going to be Scott, who you've just listened to, and he will kind of give us an overview of the game. This being a trial, we are going to try to explain the rules and the setting a little bit as we go, uh, so you will have a better understanding of how the game would play at your table. Uh, So for myself, I am Michael at the RPG Academy on Twitter, and I will be playing Orlon, who is a sort of a fallen noble. I'm the last of my house, which was a noble house before the Great War. I'm also, the, I guess, the fightery type, as best I can tell. Hey, everybody. Caleb here, uh, at the Caleb G on Twitter. Uh, I am playing a fella by the name of Ansel, which means I'm just going to be making Zoolander jokes all night. He is apparently a cleric of some sort. You, you worship Prios, the one deity. There, there was once a, a larger pantheon, but in this last great war... Prios wiped out all the other deities and took their places and is now known as the One. Wonderful. Well, that just makes me feel warm and bubbly inside. I'm sure I will be bringing friendship and love to everybody in this dark, mysterious, (laughs) horribly, horribly damaging world. I can't wait. Fantastic. And our last player for tonight is... Well, if you liked Caleb's character, you'll love mine. Hi, I'm Matt Parody. You might know me as at Matt Parody on Twitter. I will be portraying Luke Skywalker, last of his order, bearer of the Sunstone, heir to a legacy. Oh, wait. Nope. Nope. Different. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Bartolome, wizard of the Ordo Magica. Basically, insert Skywalker's story here. And instead of lightsaber, put Sunstone. And that's me. Hi, J.J. Abrams. Don't sue us. <laughs> also, my shadow is fiery copper with zero corruption. Pristine shadow. Fancy. Mm. So I, It's a big song. I neglected to mention my shadow because I didn't know at the time that was a thing. Mine is gleaming silver, 
I also have zero corruption. Ooh, mine is shimmering gold like the sun reflecting off a silver mirror. Also with zero corruption. Ooh. Sounds like someone's overcompensating for something. This shadow thing is fascinating. I really want to dig into it hard. Well, let's do that. Scott, uh, try to get us back on the rails there, sir. Uh, Take us into this game. Yeah, you got it. Well, well, uh, my name's Scott, or at Petretra on the Twitters. I am um, your non-reluctant, but definitely uh, ass, you know, uh, involuntary DM for the evening. This will be my first game of... um, Simbarum, uh, along with the rest of the party, and I'm happy to be here. The um, do we want to start with rules or fluff? I would start with like an overview of the world, and then then just touch on rules, and then we'll probably more explain them as we need to use them. Perfect. All right. So the the world of Simbarum is named after the Simbarum Empire. Uh, it's it was a at one time a vast and very uh, wealthy and technologically advanced empire that spanned over the the immediate area covered by the the core rulebook. However, it uh, crumbled into uh, dust from uh, hubris or or sort of uh, somewhat unexplained mystery. That was um, approximately a thousand years before the current day. Then uh, about 500 years before current, the the clans of Davakar have united under a high chieftain. Um, More recently, you, you, you are all... So, so you were all Ambrians. You, um, your your native land, however, was destroyed just just uh, twenty one years ago. Uh, the Dark Lords um, st- started attacking the the Lord of the, the area of Ambrian, the nation, and they they managed to sack several cities. But um, uh, Elbrator struck back against the Dark Lords, and the Great Wars started. Uh, just ten years ago, now uh, King Yindar was killed. And Corinthia, his daughter, was crowned the queen of Albertor. Um, five years ago, the sun god Prios was declared to be the one and uh, the providers of Albertor's law, or the lawbringer is another name for Prios. Then um, after that, the, the, the Dark Lord seized in, in what was uh, really a coup. They kidnapped the queen, Corinthia. That was just two years ago. And uh, in, in the current time frame, the it's not a thousand years ago, it's it's negative one thousand the common era or the unit of time rendering that they use. We'll have to start that whole Okay. Alright. In the world of Simbarum, and in, in your kingdom specifically, the uh, the the year is measured around year zero. Year zero was the year where you you rescued your queen, Corinthia, from the her her captivity by the Dark Lords. But at that same time, although that great step ended the Great War, the Queen came home and she was never quite the same, and she uh, was saddened to realize that the, the dark magics, the undeath magics that was wielded by the Dark Lords, had devastated her country. The, uh, an, uh, an incredible blight had swept through, uh, crops would not grow, uh, animals uh, were, were skinning and dying on the bone, and there was not much left. So, uh, losing no time, uh, the Queen struck north over uh, a mountain crest into an area that was once populated by uh, a large city-state known as Linduras. Uh, They were wiped out by an infectious bleeder's disease uh, 200 years from the the Great War, but they they left a a power vacuum that that was able to be filled by the kingdom. So the kingdom has been pressing north. The present year is year 21. 
So it's been 21 years since the, the nation has, has been pushing forward north into this uh, open space. The, the fields are verdant in the area that's being colonized by your nation state, and it's just south of the, the forest of Davakar, which is the, the central theme or pivot point of this setting. The, the forest of Davakar hides the ruins of the ancient civilization of Simbarum. And those ruins are rich with plunder and magical abilities that the modern era has not seen in ages. So uh, this, this has caused no small amount of tension between the, the three factions of power in the area. The barbarian tribes that live just in the, the very edge of the Dovacar forest. The elves, which are a, a race of, of powerful, ancient, and wickedly evil beings who live in the heart of the forest and protect it and the the races of men and goblins who are trying to exploit the forest for their own benefit it sounds awesome it, it kind of it has like a dragon age feel to me like the video game i actually haven't played the role-playing game but like it just sort of that sort of like corruption dark forest sort of feels are you am i picking up on that vibe or no yeah, I, I I I think so. I, it's 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 a pretty unique vibe. The the artwork in the book is fantastic, so I suggest everyone at least go check that out. And it gives a pretty distinct vibe of 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 people being completely dwarfed by the world around them, both in physical dimensions. The the Davakar forest is uh, has trees so large that it completely opaques the sky. They um you know at the widest they're fifty times the the height of a man. Uh, to staggeringly gargantuan ruins that both go to an incredible height and depth into the earth, to uh, staggering tracts of land of, of plains and, and rather steep mountainous terrain between. So it's it's a it's a land of scale and also a land where um, the the harsh realities of everyday life constantly make themselves known. There, the you, 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 a day will not go by when you are not aware of your position in this society, of the, your relative struggle and hardship, and of how the the way that the universe paint casts this shadow onto each and every character in the system. So, I guess uh, I'll give you a quick overview of mechanics just to get us all started. If 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 you start with the mindset that this is D and D, then every rule you think you know will be wrong, but it will be huh? almost correct. Huh? Just about. So uh, that 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 should lead us uh, quickly in. I get most rules about D and D wrong to start with. So might I be right? Quite possibly. Probably about thirty percent of the time, you will coincidentally <laughs> be right. Thirty percent of the time, you'll be right every time. If if you think rolling ones is great, then you will fit right into this system. Woo! Mm -hmm. Just uh, rough over uh, some of the basic details. There are. Uh, eight attributes instead of the six you might be accustomed to. There are no skills. There are no specific racial uh, bonuses to those attributes. And the races and classes themselves are actually just suggestions and guidelines of abilities that you purchase. Uh, the details of your character after attributes are all these purchased abilities. You purchase them using experience points. Novice level abilities cost 10 experience and uh, then 20 and 30 for the second and third tier uh, levels of these features. Um, you can, that, that means that since there are no hard and fast classes, that, that any character can buy spells. However, without specialized training, those spells cause a great deal of corruption, both to learn and to use, and they become very dangerous very quickly. Corruption is an omnipresent theme in both the mechanics and the, the universe. If, if your corruption ever exceeds your, your threshold to allow that corruption, then you instantly become an NPC 
and an abomination, and then I get to do with you as I see fit. Um, that's also the, the mechanical limitation for spellcasting. Every spell you cast gives you temporary corruption, which ends at the end of the scene, but if your temporary corruption goes over your threshold, then you are mine to do with as I see fit for the, the in-between, and there you know, are some consequences. Um, untrained casters, uh, every time they cast a spell, they gain d4 corruption, which means that you have some random chance ability. Trained spellcasters in one school or another generally just get one temporary point of corruption. That's actually kind of cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned, rolling low is good in this system. Your, your objective is to roll underneath the target number of the ability that, that's relevant for the check. Uh, that ability will be modified often, either by like a difficulty class that's generally between plus 5 or minus 5, or by an opposed skill that you're rolling against. So if you are trying to sneak past a guard and you have a discrete of 15, and then that guard has a vigilant of 12, you, I would say make a dis make a check for discrete modified by vigilant, and the the guard's vigilant is twelve. So um, you you because that twelve you apply a minus two onto your fifteen discrete. You need to roll a thirteen or lower to succeed on the roll and sneak past the guard. If the guard's vigilant were far worse, say they have a five, then you would get a plus five on your roll. You'd have to get twenty or lower, which is basically an automatic success. So is there like a chart you're looking at that shows you that range? Like, should we be able to know that ourselves, or do you have to tell us each time? You, you should be able to know that yourselves. It's just the difference between the number and 10. So if, if the guard's ability is 12, they have two more than 10, that means it makes it two points harder for you to do that, or uh, in other words, you get a minus two on your roll. Got it. So, uh, uh, any other? No, I guess not. We can start right into the old adventure, unless anybody has any snide remarks they'd like to make in between. Snide. Snide, snide. My character feels like a combination of Luke Skywalker and Captain Kirk. It's super cool. And your name is Pantalooms? Yes. Pantalooms, uh, great Jedi Knight of the Order of Magicka. With the fleshlight. Fantastic. Okay, so uh, the, the three of you are Ambrians, and you have never been over the, the uh, mountains into the, into the newfound land that your nation has settled. So all three of you uh, have been raised in some part of Albertur and have been there to some time. And you all carry dark and haunting memories from the journey that you've made to this camp. The, your, your journey to this camp that's on the edge of the mountains, you hope to cross the mountain ridge and then make it down into the, the fair lands beyond. The camp spans a vast area, vegetated by slender trees whose leaves have started to shift in autumnal nuance. About 40 wagons are presently parked in a random pattern, and between them, tents have been raised. Most of the tents are tiny and weathered, but a few of them look like small palaces made of cloth, evidently belonging to either noble houses who've waited until the last minute to leave their estates, or great traders, or the otherwise epically wealthy who are doing the, the last moment fleeing from your, your homeland. In a dozen places around the camp, fires are burning day and night. Some of them surrounded by logs, others by sloppily crafted benches. South of the cramp, the ground still has vigor enough to nourish vegetation, but the crops soon to be harvested are not what they once were. The fields are sparsely vegetated, and pale stalks with shrunken ears of grain emerge from them wickedly. The orchards that used to be full of apples, lemons, and sweet plums are all but naked. The scrawny cattle can be seen everywhere, grazing at the parched fields, roaming wild after being left adrift by their previous owners and caretakers. 
The ones who come from a further place to the south or out east have witnessed even darker scenes. In those places, the soil is blackened and completely lifeless, often transformed into dusty deserts, incapable of absorbing water from rain or river. Abandoned cities, deserted residences and castles, ghostly farms whose livestock enclosures are occupied by nothing other than carcasses. Albertur is dead and all but gone. All that is left is what the people of Queen Corinthia carry with them on the journey over the mountain. Wow, this is dark. You think? <laughs> all right, so are we starting like we are already together? Do we have a history together? Like, do I happen to see them across a fire one day and like, hey, it's Ansel? What, 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 what's your background again? You're, well, the, the three of you don't uh, necessarily know each other. You, you've probably seen each other uh, in passing here, either in the camp, if you've been here for a couple of days, or uh, on the way to the camp. You, you, each of you probably have one or two acquaintances around the camp. Um, I believe, uh, Michael, you are a military man, right? You were once uh, like a, a ranger or something. Uh, yeah, I used to serve in the Knights Guard. Ah, you were a panzer, right? No, that's Orlum. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yes, you, you have a couple of, of uh, acquaintances here in the, the wagon who were former panzers with you. Well, if I am in this camp, I... Oh, maybe... Pardon me for interrupting, but, but the, 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 the last detail is that you... Uh, since it's, it's, it's gotten to be evening, the, the three of you uh, sit down at a fire together along with a couple of other individuals who you, you uh, actually none of you know right off the bat. You just, uh, it's, it's a fire to sit camp at, and you kind of rotate around. It's like a cruise and dining. New neighbors, kind of good for the variety, especially given that uh, the snows are starting to set on, and you're uh, hoping not to be stuck here over the winter. The passes might snow in and uh, leave you behind, so... In fear of that, you're trying to keep the company a little bit more lively, lest you get sick of these people and murder everyone in the cold of winter. <laughs> so you find yourselves here around this fire. All right, so I would have probably spent the day actually proselytizing to everyone in the camp as a faithful servant of Prios. I would have been making an effort to tend to the needs of people, but in a very focused on preaching at them kind of way. So I would offer a hand, but then trade that with a scripture verse and a question about belief and faith and tithe and things like that. And I would have come to this campfire uh, a little bit worn out and exhausted, probably looking for something to drink, uh, to rest my throat and something to eat. And I would have recognize my friends say hello friends well met hello uh, i would uh, kind of call ansel over to me uh hand him like a bowl of stew that i had just gotten and then i'll go and get my own uh, so he can have mine as he sets by the fire uh, I'll, i'll then rejoin you sort of bundle up with some sort of cloak against the cold and and uh, just more than eating the stew i'm using it to warm my hands ah orlin Thank you so much. Uh, it is it's such a great pleasure to see you again, my friend. As it is to see you as well. I feared that you may not survive this journey. So few have made it this far. Agreed, agreed. But with the blessings and guidance of Prios, I am here to spread the message of truth. What brings you here as well? I am 
seeking a new home, just like everyone else. The past behind me is darkened, and I search for the light in front. Well, the light of, of Prios is definitely guiding us, so I, I have hope in our journey. Have you yet met uh, my other friend, Bartholome? And I nod over to the man with the fleshlight. Mm. Who is, he is gazing at it and investing. Oh, it appears that he needs a moment of privacy. Perhaps we should give him one of these tents. A a, a snaggletoothed, um, looks like a herder or drover, uh, leans in to the, to you guarding, you know, eyeing your, your wonderful, mildly glowing prize and say, Azai, what is that you got there? Oh, this, this is, uh... This is um, uh, the the sunstone. It has a, it has a uh, um, a destiny about it, and I am, I am, I'm vested in bringing it to where it needs to go in Yinderos. Oh, I've I've heard about that there sunstone. That that allows the wagons to travel safely through the the darkest winter passes, doesn't it? Yes, that is that is what I've heard as well. Oh, that's quite a treasure. And he uh, elbows his uh, friend, who who has been very quiet and reserved. He says, that's quite a treasure, isn't it, Keller? Isn't it, Keller? And uh, Keller says, yeah, yeah. Doesn't look that big to me. Certainly nothing worth dying over. I sort of chuckle. (laughs) For that we can agree, friend. Most likely, if such a magnificent item has a destiny, it is truly in the hands of its destined wielder. And it should probably stay that way. Woe to any who would try to take it. So saith Prios. So saith we all. <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, um, the man identified as Keller, the, the, the dark, quiet man who's been sitting, trying to keep to himself quietly, uh, gets up and starts to, to leave. It's, it's his, his bowl of soup is not quite finished, but it looks like he's about finished with whatever you guys are talking about. Do I have any skills to try to determine, like, like I read that situation as if they were about to steal that thing from yep. him. Did I misread that, or is that what they were kind of going for? Hmm. Um, I will allow you to roll Vigilant at a minus five. So minus five is... Uh, so so you, you, you would look at your... What, what is your vig- Vigilant? Nine. Nine. So minus five is four. You need to roll four under to succeed on this roll. On a d20. Yes. In, I rolled a two. Boom. I'm going to be killed uh, with this game. <laughs> you, 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 get, uh, you, you got the early impression, it's true, uh, like, like many of you did, that, 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 that um, the, the drover or coachman, whose name you did not get, the sort of more the ignorant yokel type, uh, you, you got the initial impression that he was quite eyeing this sunstone. Uh, but but now through uh, watching the, the more hasty actions of his companion Keller as he packs up to leave, you get the suspicion rather that, that the drover interest was earnest and ignorant, whereas uh, this Keller's interest may be more nefarious than you uh, would have liked to believe, and, and he seemed to have taken your words and threats rather personally. As I had intended them. Can I attempt to recognize if he has any sort of evil aura or taint about him? Yeah, what color is his shadow? Does anyone have witch sight? Uh, wait, witch sight? Which, wait, which, <laughs> which, which sight? I, I have leader, theurgy, and witch hammer. I was mentioning that, that uh, Keller was disgusted and was just about to leave when... 
Yeah. So I want to like throw my cloak over almost like a gunslinger freeing my gun. Like I'm, I'm making sure that I can clear my scabbard if necessary. And then I will continue just to sort of stare at him. I'm like not even trying to be coy about it. I'm letting him know that I'm watching him. All right. Uh, Keller stomps off in a, uh, a bit of a moody huff. I would have had put the sunstone away when all of this had started. Like, I might have been gazing at it before, but once everyone started asking about it, we would have been like, hoo, 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 back in the pocket. His friend, the drover, says, what'd you do that for? I'm, a, I'm just going to keep it warm. Friend Bartolum, I, I do think that you may want to keep that sheltered within your cloak for the time being. I would agree. After a um, another about hour passes at, 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 at the your fire pit. It's, it's now become uh, quite solidly dark, and unless you guys have any specific chit-chat you wanted to engage in. Uh, I, I would just want to catch up with them, like what, you know, we don't have to roleplay that out, but just, I would spend the time talking about what has happened since the last time we've met. Excellent. So, uh, uh, at some point, Keller comes back and has a hushed, uh, whispered exchange with T, uh, his, his friend, the coachman. And uh, the coachman's eyes get wide he says well all me and they they scamper off together hmm what do you think that was about it's certainly more than a little suspicious whether it was something from them or some other dangerous activity in the camp i've just about finished my stew i'm i'm willing to take a, a stroll over there if you two would like to join me i could uh i could use with stretching my legs yeah let's let's see what's going on in the camp all right, are you guys trying to follow them discreetly? I'm going to say no. Panzer? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I clank like an actual tank as I'm walking through. <laughs> A panzer? Yeah, we got that. <laughs> yeah, I I am Good. simply wearing priest robes and and cold weather gear, but I think the courage and fortitude of faith in my deity is going to make me stride out with purpose and intent. Also, my discreet is five, which I think is bad. So is mine. So is mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have the stealth dump stat party. Hey. <laughs> All right. So basically, like Larry Moe and Curly, you make a gigantic scene of yourselves. Um, you know, literally tiptoe stepping about three meters behind these fellows. We use meters and the system does, too, because it's European. The, the, the pair of them. Keller being sort of stoic and deliberately not looking your direction, and uh, his friend the drover being quite excitable in his hillbilly fashion, uh, sort of skip slash tromp up to a, a line of people that you see outside of a, a fairly large tent. Can we see what maybe they are gathering around? Is it a, a fight? Is it a body? Is it a mutated deer with three heads? Give me a vigilant check, minus two. Can we all do the same check? Uh, yeah, I'll let you all. I just, just missed it. I have a, I succeeded. I have a three under eight. Yeah, I also succeeded. I, uh, I have a five and I rolled a five. Is that a success? Does that, no? Yes, ties go to the player. Oh, good. All right, well, uh, Orlan is busy clunking around and distracting himself with his own armor. Meanwhile, uh, Ansel and Bartholm both, uh, notice that, that, that uh, this this line of people seem to be eagerly awaiting to meet a uh, one of the wagon masters, and this wagon master seems to be conducting interviews 
Ansel, you uh, further notice with your uh, rather somewhat better success that that you 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 get the distinct impression that based on not only the excitement of the people in the line, but also the activity of people leaving, either disappointed or more excited when they run and they seem to be gathering belongings, you, you get the impression that this wagon driver is planning to leave soon, as in tonight, rather than maybe waiting out the winter. He seems to be conducting interviews about people who would come with. Gotcha. I was just going to ask. So I, I can make the logical assumption that P is getting people to join his caravan. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, your god makes the logical assumption and then tells you. Of course. All all, all praise to the Lord up in heaven. The lawgiver. The lawgiver, Prios. Uh, so I'll, I'll turn to my companions. Well, friends, it appears... Although, to, 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 to jump in about Prios, all praise be unto he, Prios, the lawgiver, the one. However, as a god, he is, is simultaneously... Uh, righteously beaming his light and warmth down on all of us, and also dying. And in his dying, he desperately needs us to be successful and live successful lives to embody his spirit and bring him back to life. Hmm. He loves too much. I know that feeling. He gives till it hurts. Okay, so so there is some level of encouragement for moving forward and taking action. Uh, so I will turn to my friends and say... Companions, it seems that this uh, wagoneer might be heading off earlier rather than later. Perhaps if we lend our strength to the cause, he would agree to take us with him. I see no reason not to press ahead now rather than later. What say you, Bartolome? I would agree. This this sunstone is destined for for better places, and I need to get it there post-haste. Uh, so I, you know what I want to try. I want to shoulder to the front of the line. <laughs> I I I think that uh, the the passion and conviction of my faith dictates that I need to be on this voyage. So I'm going to shoulder to the front of the line. All right, I'll let you pick for shouldering either strong or persuasive if you'd like to go that route. I'm going to go for persuasive, which is a uh, a fifteen. All right, and I'm going to give you a, a minus five on that because at least uh, somebody in the line of people you're pushing past really does not want to be second place in this line behind the likes of you or anyone else. All right, well, I rolled a seven under the modified ten, so I believe that it's a good success. That is. Yeah, despite some some crying protests of, of unfairness, which are somewhat uh, silenced by, by some, shh, Prios will hear you. From, from people in the back of the line, you shoulder up and leave enough of a gap for your would-be friends. Yeah, I follow behind, and I'm, I'm doing that sort of apologetic thing where I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not, he's just like this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then I stand next to him when we get to the front of the line. I'm just, I'm just kind of walking next to them like, yeah, 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 yeah. I will also purposefully rebuke a few people who give me lip. Anyone who tries to say, wait a minute, why are you in line? I'll be like, I am here on the will of Prios. Stand out of my way. All right. Uh, you, you say that, and a, uh, a, a female human of a rather slight build in a very black cloak says, You believe that the will of Prios allows you to step forward, brother? 
I believe that the will of Prios dictates that I stand with those who venture into the wilderness, and I must be there to not only protect the followers of the one true God, but also spread his message. So yes, I stand at the front. This woman looks at you rather crossly and says that, uh, I will remember this. Go ahead and make a vigilant check for me. Minus two. Is this girl Ambrian or Barbarian? Ambrian. Ah, I'm not into Ambrian chicks. All right. Uh, so I have a two under eight. Boom. You're I am killing right. these low rolls. I love this. <laughs> the best game of D&D you've ever had. So uh, as, as, as you turn to continue to snub your way to the front of the line, you, you see uh, just in a gap of her cloak an emblem or symbol of that, 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 you, that you know quite well, and a, a sudden stroke of dread catches in your chest. This is a symbol of the Black Cloaks. I pause for contemplation as I think about what this symbol means, and I dredge the facts out of my brain. The Black Cloaks, also known as the Twilight Friars, are a monastic order within the Church of Prios. Their main seat is south of Yindros, the capital, uh, the new capital that's been under construction for 20-some years now. It's, it's, uh, so it's up in the Titan Mountains, the Titan Mountains, the ones you're crossing now. Aside from a handful of uh, convents around Ambria, the order also manages a convent school in Yandros and is in charge of internal as well as external intelligence activities. The spokesperson for the order, Blether Immernos, is often heard declaring that whilst the Templars of the Order of Prios are its swords, the knife point pointing back into the community are the Black Cloaks, aimed at those within. So they're they're part of a church, but they're super stealthy assassins? Yeah, you've, you've basically met the Church of Prios Inquisition. I stand resolute in my statement and belief. I will not be shaken. All right. Well, you march right ahead, and you guys do make it to the front of the line. Excellent. There's uh, a, a small group in front of you. It looks like uh, a rather overweight, pale fellow in extremely fine clothing. And uh, two women who you're kind of wondering if it's trophy mother, or it's adopted sister, or it's creepy wife. You can't quite place it. But, but they, they, their conversation with the, the wagon master is getting rather heated. They are arguing with each other. They're arguing about joining the the wagon train. They're they're arguing with the wagon master. The wagon master seems to. Uh, you get the impression that the wagon master has rejected them, but they're not taking it well. And so the the yells are are turning into shouts at each other. You you the the heavy set gentleman says, uh, "Please, sir, this is our only hope. I can't possibly leave. A... Wait." through the winter with my gout and my leg and my aches and pains and there are no chocolates here no chocolates you understand and the man says get out you're worthless we'll end up eating you on the trek leave now no i can pay i can pay he says i have no time for the wastes like you leave my wagon guards remove him and the uh, heavyset gentleman is is uh, set upon by three handy looking gentlemen um men at arms who who uh, impolitely escort him from the large tent afterwards the the wagon master beckons you forward you're next my gaze kind of lingers on that man who's being drug away i don't act on it but you can tell that there's like a conflict 
like I want to, kind of. So I'm sort of looking to my left as I walk into the tent, sort of absolutely. My eyes linger on the two ladies that may or may not be being dragged away with him, because I also am having a moral quandary. I like the barbarian strange, but these women look like they could warm a tent quite well. Yes, they do. However, uh, sadly, the guards end up uh, dragging them behind the, the heavyweight gentleman. A hand with uh, a couple of jewels encrusted and one finger missing beckons you forward. Which finger? The uh, s- second from the pinky finger of the right hand. You have, you have thumb, large square golden ring where the gold plating is clearly flaking off, leaving nothing but uh, sort of a sickly colored iron. Smaller golden ring that looks like it's a little too big, maybe recently taken from a frozen corpse. Nub of a finger. And pinky. No pinky ring. <laughs> Very trimmed nails, though. So uh, I, I will stride forward confidently. Greetings, sir. Are you the master of this wagon train? I, I'm Master Argasto. Who be you? Uh, well met, Argasto. I am... Ansel, priest of our high lord in heaven, Prios, I am here with my adventuring companions, and we wish to join your train. Yes, as do many, he gestures toward the, the line of waiting people. But, but uh, make your case. My case is simple. As a servant of Prios, I will protect and guide you. And uh, I will bring the shining warmth and light of our Lord upon us. My, my fellows with me are strong in arm and strong in spirit. We shall be of great help to protect you, your investments, your capital, and those who travel with you. Hmm. You say you can protect yourselves. He uh, eyes you up and down. I'm not convinced. I think it's safe to say that my friends and I have lived through a fight or two with a... A wonderful story to tell. And he says, and I think it isn't safe to say. My guards will challenge each of you, and we'll find out. To the first blood, if if you draw first, then uh, you truly are... If, if, if you can outmatch my guards, then, then you belong on this journey for security reasons. And he gestures, and four guards uh, step up toward you. Four? Yes. Oh. So he counts very well. This is basically as fair as this uh, setting gets. Oh, okay. It's not six. So I will look to my companions and say, Fellows, are we up for a bit of a match tonight? I will remove my hand from touching the sunstone, which I was about to use to emulate corpses when I remember that that's not possible, and then I will brandish my staff and say, I think so. I will draw my two-handed longsword. I will point uh, the tip of the sword at the four men, sort of left to right. Uh, three men and one woman. Uh, from three men and one woman, left to right. And I will look to see if do any of them, you know, like gulp, do any of them take a half step back? Like, like who's the weak link in that chain? Uh, you, you see the, the shortest of the men who, who uh, has an eye patch on one eye and a rather severe Scar, it looks like um, none of you have seen frostbite before, but but it was a frostbite wound that actually lost him his eye, and you sink to 
You seem to get the impression that he lost some use of a hand, too, as he favors his right heavily over his left. He seems to squint more at you and, and take a half step back. Then I will. I want to use my leader ability and say, that one. That is the one that I will kill to prove my worth. Oh, it's to first blood, the first injury. He will bleed. And then die. All right. Okay, so if, if you guys are fighting, then it's time to uh, do initiative. Initiative uh, has two, well, three resolution steps, really. The first one is, uh, well, first of all, is anyone armed with a long weapon? I am. Yes. Two of you. No. Okay. The, the caravan guards are not, so uh, as as you guys, uh, both as both sides step into engagement range, since your long weapons are within range first, you both get to make a free attack Yes. Uh, with one enemy that is not <laughs> armed with a long weapon. To make your free attack, you guys roll against accurate by default, unless you have uh, some ability to use, say, persuasive instead. Modified by the guard's defense, which is plus two for their shield. So my uh, minusing two from my accurate, then? Uh, you're adding two to your accurate. Uh, no, you gotta be minusing two. To that say. has to be. They, they have it plus two, but that must mean you subtract two from the roll. That's gotta be. I rolled a three. I hit. Boom. Roll your damage. So this is the one that I marked um, with my... So does that affect me or just everyone else? Uh, that affects everybody who attacks that... Uh, so I get a D12 and a D4 damage? Correct. Jesus, you might have killed him. Uh, 13 points of damage, oh, unless there's Jesus. any modifiers to that. Uh, but yes, the way armor works in this system is it's just a subtraction from damage. The caravan guards have a scale mail of that gives them the three armor, and so he takes 10 points of toughness damage. Toughness is your hit points. He has 15, so he only has five left. You, you, uh, what, are you using a quarterstaff or a great axe? What do you uh, it's a two-handed sword. With your two-handed sword, you you uh, politely turn it to the flat side, but then you whelp him so hard that um, he's seeing stars and blood is weeping down into his one remaining working eye. He stumbles and collapses into a heap. <laughs> Damn. I got a hit, too. What? Uh, roll your damage. Oh, cool. Five. Five. So the... The, uh, who were you targeting? I was uh, targeting probably the strongest one, just for funsies. Strongest one, okay. So you, you hit the, the barbarian descendant woman, and she she takes uh, two damage across the chin, leaving a gouge of blood. She uh, looks like she's about ready to lunge before Argasto stops you, and uh, only through uh, sheer force of will does she manage to halt her advance on you for vengeance. I wink at her and give her, blow her a little kiss. Argasto uh, looks to you, Orlan, and says, What is your name? Orlan of the House Dar. Argasto looks impressed at this, and he says, Ah, of course, a, a pantser. Welcome. You are very welcome to my to my cadre. Now, now, please, gather your belongings and be ready to leave before dawn. I'll give him like a sharp nod and do the thing where I clink my heels together before I turn and stride out of the tent. At the sound of the clank, the, the frost-bitten, no-eyed, bloody-faced man shies away from Like a squirrel. Before I turn to leave, I say, You have made a wise decision tonight, sir. May the blessings of Prios be upon you. We shall be ready to travel when you give the signal. 
As you turn around to leave, you, you see that you've been overheard by the Black Cloak who originally saw you, and her glare could melt steel. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.